Grab your Bible, turn again to Philippians chapter 1. Let's look at a few verses tonight out of Philippians chapter 1. We're going to start in verse number 12 tonight. Philippians chapter 1, verse number 12. While you finish getting there, or if you're not there already, Paul's writing to the church at Philippi, and he's writing from prison, and he's writing these words to these believers. Uh, Paul was on his second missionary journey, and he's writing from Corinth and from a jail cell. He sends Timothy back there, and of course... Uh, uh, again, as he writes this, he's just reminding them, really, as the theme is, rejoice in the Lord always, that even in uh, affliction, we can join the Lord. So with that thought, let's look at now Philippians 1, look at verse number 12 with me. Philippians 1, verse number 12. The Bible says this, uh, But I, Paul, but I would ye should understand, brethren, that the things which happened unto me have fallen out rather unto the furtherance of the gospel, so that by bonds in Christ are manifest in all the palace and in all other places. And many of the brethren in the Lord waxing confident by my bonds are much more bold to speak the word without fear. Some indeed preach Christ, even of envy and strife, and some also of goodwill. The one preach Christ of contention, not sincerely, supposing to add affliction to my bonds, but the other of love, knowing that I am set for the defense of the gospel. What then? Notwithstanding every way, whether in pretense or in truth, Christ is preached, and I therein do rejoice, yea, and will rejoice. It's, throughout the book of Philippians, it's mentioned several times, but what I want you to really kind of notice is Paul's uh, plea to them from prison. In verse number 13, the first phrase says, so that my bonds in Christ, talking about chains, my bonds in Christ. Um, in verse number 16, the last part is supposing to add affliction uh, to my bonds. Again, he mentions the bonds that he has as far as being in prison, but he makes a statement in verse number 12, and that's really the thought tonight. And I want you to notice in the first phrase that it has to do with this. He says in verse 12, But I would ye should understand, brethren, that the things which happened unto me have fallen out rather unto the furtherance of the gospel. Now think again the first phrase, but I would have you should under I would I would ye should understand, brethren. Now, church, I mean the thought tonight is simply this. I don't mean to be too deep tonight, but what Apostle Paul is saying here is he's telling the church at Philippi. I want to explain to you why I'm in prison. When he said, I want you to understand why these things have befallen me. Why am I in prison? Now, remember now, when Paul had come to Philippi, he wasn't there very long. And there, he only had three converts. Lydia had gotten saved. The demon-possessed girl had gotten saved. And then the Philippian jailer had gotten saved. Paul was not there very long. And Paul's writing to them. And he says, now listen, let me, let me just explain why I'm in prison. And tonight, if you can take that thought, I'm going to pray. But I want you to think about this. I don't know tonight uh, where you're at individually, but all of us have times in our life that we feel like we're in prison. And, and, I, and what I mean by that, whether you're young or old, there's going to be times in your life you're going to feel lonely, you're going to feel like you're all alone, uh, maybe some a little bit of discouragement, you're going to feel like that uh, nobody cares. And I, uh, I personally have never experienced as far as prison. Um, I, I, to be honest with you, we go to the prison and we talk to the ladies at the um, Topeka Correctional Facility, obviously the jail, the juvenile detention. But when you talk to somebody in prison, they have a different demeanor than you'd have. They're different. Their thought is different because they're stuck. Uh, you go in and, and most of the time, not all, but most of the time, they're glad to be able to talk to you because they can't talk to their family member and they can't uh, talk to their friends. And so they're glad a volunteer would actually come in and spend some time with them. And uh, the idea of prison tonight, I want to make the application tonight. Paul said, I want to explain to you why I'm, why I'm in prison. And tonight, I would like to get that thought. Why am I in prison? Tonight, if that's you, maybe, maybe it's been in the past, maybe in the future. But why am I going through what I'm going through? And Paul very clearly here tells why. And I want to go through those things with you tonight. Let's pray. Father, 
Thank you again for your word. I ask you again, please open up our eyes of understanding tonight. May it be clear. Uh, Father, may it be taken and used. And Father, help those. Maybe there, if there is somebody tonight that is struggling tonight, they feel like they're in prison. Uh, maybe their prison father uh, could be financial. Maybe their prison father is emotional. I don't know. But Father, whatever it might be that they feel stuck. Uh, Father, may you help us tonight to understand why we go through times like that. And uh, Father, thank you for your goodness. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You know, you often hear me say... Um, as the scripture, First uh, Thessalonians 5, verse number 18, in everything, what does it say? In everything give thanks for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. So when we go through trials of our life, we're still supposed to be thankful for those trials. We're supposed to be thankful for the mountain as well as the valley, the good as well as the bad, the light as well as the darkness. We're supposed to be uh, given over to God's will for our life. But it doesn't change the fact that we don't like it. I had a person uh, just here recently had a problem that took place in their, in their life and in tears. And I uh, and uh, the first thought of m many a Christian is, what did I do wrong? Why am I going through what I'm going through? Why is God doing this to me? And uh, it's not always because of sin. You know, that's what Job's friends would like to, us to think. You know, you're a liar. You're a hypocrite. You know, you're a wicked person. That's why you're going through what you're going through. And we as Christians got to be careful that we don't judge one another for whatever a person's going through in their life. And by the way, you ought to be more sympathetic than judgmental when a person's going through a rough time in their life. Pray for them. Don't accuse them. All right. So again, uh, this idea, Paul here, he's writing from prison and he tells the church at Philippi, I just want you to understand why I'm in prison. And I want you to notice these things tonight. Let me quickly run through these with you tonight. In verses 7 through 11, which is prior to verse number 10, because in verse number 10 he says, but I would ye should understand. I think one of the reasons Paul says he's in prison is very clear look at verse 7 with me he says even as it is meet for me to think this of you all because i have you in my heart inasmuch as both in my bonds there's the chains again and in the defense and confirmation of the gospel ye all are partakers of my grace for god is my record how greatly i long after you all in the bowels of jesus christ now look at verse 9 first four words and this i what all right now if you circle things in your bible circle the three that's i underline in my bible verse number nine the first four words and this i pray first one that your love may abound yet more and more in knowledge and all judgment. So the first thing Paul prayed for is that their love would grow. In other words, they would love more and more. He was praying for the church at Philippi. Second of all, the second that is verse 10, that ye may approve things that are excellent. The word approve means to test. The things that are uh, excellent means of more value are better. So in other words, test what's best. That's what he was saying. I'm praying that you'll think things through, that you'll figure out what's best for you in the Christian life, not just what you can do in the Christian life, but what's best for you. Then he says the third one in verse number 10, that ye may be sincere and without offense till the day of Christ. All right, so Paul says, I'm praying for you, and I'm praying that, you'll, that you would love more. I'm praying that you would test what's best, and I'm praying that you'll be without offense. Now, church, here's where I'm going tonight. Paul then says, I'm trying to get you to understand why I'm in prison. I want you to know that one of the reasons I'm in prison is so I can pray, and specifically, so I can pray for you. Hey, listen, I don't know what trouble you're going through in your life. It may be marital trouble. It might be a, a physical trouble as far as uh, an ailment or a sick, sickness. And maybe tonight's not the night that that's going on. But you're going to go through times in your life that you're going to feel like you're trapped. You're between a rock and a hard place. I just can't get out of the situation that I'm in right now understand that maybe one of the reasons that you're in what you call a prison as Paul said is so that I can pray you know it's 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 a little difficult for us to get so wrapped up in our own circumstance when we're praying for others in their circumstances 
And Paul says, I'm going to pray for you. And I'm praying for your love. I'm praying for you to understand what's best for your life. I'm praying that you'll be without offense to others. And he says, listen, I can do that from prison. You know, when you're stuck, it stops you. That's what happened to Apostle Paul. He's in prison. He can't go anywhere. He can't do anything. So guess what he's going to do? He's going to pray. Now, isn't it amazing? Sometimes we get, go through the struggles of life and the struggles cause us to stop. And it's those times that we stop. It's the first time we really think about, oh, I think I'm about to pray. We get so busy in life that we forget that we're supposed to be praying. And God sometimes has to stop us and say, listen, I'm your help. I'm your strength. I'm your guide. I'm your protector. I'm the one that's going to do what's necessary. You need to talk to me. So Paul says, why am I in prison? The first thing Paul said, the reason I'm in prison is so that I can pray for others. Hey, listen, you have a, I do things digitally now. Of course, the church app's just one of those little things that I like because I like, I like things digitally. I don't have to carry a ton of books anymore. I'm reading di digitally and I don't read my Bible uh, very much off of uh, digital. I like my Bible as far as that goes. But when it comes to my prayer list, uh, my prayer list are digital. Brother um, uh, Dawson, when he passed away, that was the, he used to pray off of his phone. And so when he, uh, when he died, that's, the only, that's actually the only thing that I've got from Brother Dawson when he passed away. I told Mrs. Dawson, I said, listen, the only thing I'd like to have is I'd like to have his prayer list. And so she sent that to me, okay? So uh, uh, you ought to have a prayer list, and it can be a paper prayer list, but uh, you ought to be able to pray. Uh, again, uh, God makes us di uh, different in this situation. Sense because of who we pray for, okay? But it, for me, I'm going to pray for me, and then I'm going to pray for what's closest to me. I'm going to pray for family, and of course, I've, I've talked about model prayer and things of that sort, but I'm going to pray for my family, and then I'm going to uh, pray for friends, and then I'm going to pray uh, for church family, and then I'm going to pray for missionaries. I'm going to, what's closest to me uh, as far as working out. But you know what? I, I still use a prayer list. Now, as far as your names, I, alphabetically, it's the easiest way for me to do it. But after I get done praying A through M, usually I look and make sure I didn't forget anybody. After I get done praying from M through Z, I usually look at my list make sure I didn't forget anybody. But that prayer list helps me remember as far as who to pray for. And church, I don't have a chapter and verse on that you should have a prayer list, but I do have chapter and verse you ought to be praying for one another. Amen. James 5, verse number 16, pray for one another. Pray, God says that we're supposed to do that. We're supposed to think of each other in prayer. Now, you don't have to wait till you're in prison to stop and pray for people. In fact, I would recommend that you pray for people before you get to prison. All right? Now, I know we don't want to go to a physical prison. There's 2.3 million people in the United States that are in a physical prison right now. Okay? I'm talking about spiritual prisons. I'm talking about feeling that you're, that you're trapped and I just don't know where I'm going to go and I don't know how to get out of this particular situation. I just want you to understand that you might be in that situation so you can pray for others. You ought to think of others, all right? So Paul says the first reason he's in that prison is so that he can pray for others, all right? Look at the next thing, verse number 12, uh, 12 again. But I would have you, but I would ye, I'm sorry, but I would ye should understand, brethren, that the things which happened to me, what happened to him, he's in prison, have fallen out rather unto what? Further into the gospel. So Paul said, hey, listen, let me tell you why I'm in prison. I'm in prison so the gospel can be furthered, so that people can be saved, so that Christ can be preached. Look at verse number 18, same chapter there. Look at verse number 18. He says, what then, notwithstanding, every way, whether in pretense or in truth, what's the next three words? Christ is preached, and I therein do rejoice, yea, and will rejoice. So what, what Paul is saying is, okay, yes, I'm stuck. Yes, I'm in bonds. Yes, I can't come to you. 
But I can tell you what I can do. The first thing I can do is I can help. it causes me, even if I'm in prison, even if I'm, if I'm restrained, it causes me to pray for others. But that same restraining, he said, it not only does that, it furthers the gospel. Now, Church, I don't know how God's going to use your prison to further the gospel, but according to Apostle Paul, Paul said, hey, listen, it's better for me to be in prison for, than for, for, for at least one person to get saved. You know, when you think about if you spend a lifetime in a spiritual prison, in, a, in a, a no-win situation, you know, I've had people tell me before, Pastor, I married the wrong person, but I'm going to stay married to them because of the marriage vows, but I'm just, I, I just feel like I'm trapped, okay? I want to tell you, now, I don't think there's going to be like that here tonight, but if, you're, if you feel like I'm just unfulfilled, I, I'm not, I don't feel needed, I don't feel used, I, I feel like I'm... All right. I don't know what your trapping might be, but I'm just trying to tell you that Paul was in that same situation and he said, hey, listen, even though I'm in a physical prison, it's caused me to pray for you. And even though I'm in a physical prison, it's caused the gospel to be furthered for more people to be saved. Church, I mean, in the same chapter in verse number 21, what did Paul say? For to me to live is what? Christ and to what? Die is gain. So no matter what problem I'm going through, as long as I'm living my life for Christ, that's what's important. Okay, listen to me now. You might not ever be a ministry leader. You might not ever be the person in charge uh, of, of, of sending people out in any type of fashion. You might not ever be a missionary on a field. But can I tell you something? You don't have to feel trapped because God places us where he wants us. And if you feel like, oh, man, there's just four walls. I'm not going anywhere. Or it seems like I'm not making any progress in my life as far as what. You know what, you, what kind of progress you ought to be making? You ought to be praying for others. You know what kind of progress you ought to be making? That God would use your prison to further the gospel of Jesus Christ. To get more people saved. To give to missions so that more missionaries can go around the world. For you to be able to give that we might be able to get more gospel tracts and things that are printed. So that God can use your prison to get people saved. And that's what Paul was saying. Look at verse 13. Here's what else he says. He not only says, why am I in this prison? To pray for others and to further the gospel. But look at verse 13. So that my bonds in Christ are manifest in all the palace and in all other places. And many of the brethren in the Lord... Waxing confident by my bonds are what? Much more bold to speak the word without fear. Paul says in verses 13 through 17, hey, listen, the reason for my prison, it gives confidence to others. It gives confidence to others. Hey, listen, there's some people that they're going through physical ailments and not very, in the sense that they're not very strong and they can't maybe go out and do door-to-door -door soul winning or they can't do this or they can't do that. But they're an encouragement they, they cause somebody else to be bold in the faith. And Paul said, hey, there's a bunch of people that because I'm in prison, they're much more bold to give the gospel to others. All right? So I know all of our situations are different, and I cannot spell out the kind of situation you might be in tonight or that you might be in in the future. But I understand this one thing from Apostle Paul. Paul was saying that even though I'm in prison, I'm causing other people to be bold about the, about the Lord Jesus Christ. In other words, he was influencing others from his prison. That's what we're supposed to do. You're going through a hard time. You can still give confidence to others. There are people who are, that, especially senior saints, they can't get out, but they, send a, they, they make a phone call, send a text, or send a, send a card. We've got some of our senior saints that are really good about sending, sending cards to others, cards of encouragement. You know, 
uh, it's interesting to me because the book of Proverbs, but the Bible says in Proverbs 21, 22 about this word confidence. He says, a wise man scaleth the city of the mighty and casteth, listen to this, and casteth down the strength of the confidence thereof. You know, church family, there's a certain amount of strength in confidence. You know, if you ever, have you ever done something and you've been a little bit tie, shy and timid about doing it and then other things that you do that you're confident about it? You know, uh, it's almost like playing a ball game. You know, a person goes into the ball game, we can't win, it's not gonna happen. You get this other team, they're not really that good, but they're, they're confident. There's a certain amount of strength in confidence. And you know what Paul's trying to tell them? And he says, listen, there are those who waxed so much more bold. They were given the confidence they needed because of me being in prison. And it almost gives the indication that confidence would not have been there if Paul would not have been in prison. You know, one thing uh, about the uh, church plant in Topeka that I'm kind of excited about is that I feel like the church plant in Topeka is going to move other people to other responsibilities and it's going to cause people who don't are either don't have responsibilities or maybe not as many to step up. You know why? Because there's, there's a certain amount of confidence. In other words, okay, this, this is something that I'm going to do. Just like the people who end up uh, working over at the new church plant in Topeka, someone has to fill the shoes of the people who are leaving. So what does that do? It gives confidence. And I want to tell you that's what happened with Paul. When Paul was not in the position and he's in prison, somebody had to step into the, up, up to the plate and they got confidence. Hey, I can do this. If Paul can go to prison for, what he, for preaching the gospel, then I can preach the gospel here. Hey, I don't know, uh, again, what that prison might be. I don't know if it's physical. I don't know if it's spiritual. The weapons of our warfare are not, are, are not carnal. I don't know if it's a spiritual battle that you're going through. I don't know if the battle you're going through um, is, is a past sin or maybe it might be a skeleton in your closet that you don't want anybody else to know about. I don't know what's hindering you or that makes you feel like I can't live for God, serve God, or do for God, but I'm just telling you that whatever that is, use it for God's glory. And we know that all things work together for, for good. To them that love God. And Paul said, hey, listen, I might be in prison, but if from prison I can influence somebody else to take a stand for God. So Paul writes to the church of Philippi. And he says, listen, I know I'm in prison, but I want to tell you why I'm in prison. I hope you understand why. I'm in prison so that I can pray for you. I'm in prison so that the gospel, so we can further the gospel. I'm in prison to give confidence to others. Let us say, listen, we can do this. Look at the, one more thing here. Look at verse number 19 with me. Look what else Paul says here. For I know that this, this now, he's in prison. He says, for I know that this shall turn to my salvation through your what? And the supply of the spirit of Jesus Christ. You know, nobody wants to be in prison, but you ever figured out that whatever your prison is, sometimes it's not about you being in prison. It's about other people praying for you to get out. Now, follow this with me for just a moment, Okay. Paul is in prison. We're talking about the Apostle Paul. We're talking about the church, or we're talking about the person who on his second missionary journey uh, basically starts this church at Philippi. Now he's not there. You know what him being in prison caused? It caused those new believers at Philippi to pray for him. He said, through your prayers. So you're going through a rough time in your prison and somebody's got bowing their knee before God and saying, God, listen, would you please help them? Would you please supply for them? Would you please heal them? Would you please give them wisdom? Somebody's praying for you, okay? So you're struggling inside your mind of, 
you know, I just wish I could do this and I wish I wasn't doing this and I wish this had not happened to me. But do you understand that even in your prison, God might be do, doing something in somebody else's spiritual life to pray for you in your prison. So Paul, as he writes this letter, he said, listen, I just want you to understand, Philippians 1, verse 29, same chapter, it's kind of interesting. He says, for unto you it is given in the behalf of Christ, verse number 29, for unto you it is given in the behalf of Christ not only to believe on him, but what? But also to suffer for his sake. He said, okay, yes, I'm in prison, but can I just remind you, you didn't get, just get saved so you could go to heaven, you got saved so that you could, take, you could suffer for Christ. Okay, so somebody's going to laugh at you because of the way you dress, or somebody's going to make fun of you because of the, what church you go to, or somebody's going to, can I tell you something, that's part of being a Christian. We're the off, supposed to be the offscurring of the world, okay? The world's not going to love you. The world's not going to like you, okay? So Paul's telling them, yes, I'm in prison, okay? But prison is not a bad thing. It wasn't for Apostle Paul. In fact, what he wrote in that prison we still have in our, in our hand this, morning, this evening, we still have the Word of God. This, this book called Philippians. Where was it written? It was written in a prison. You're going through a prison right now. Can I tell you something? Great things can happen in the prison. You're going through a tough time. You're going through trouble in your life. Things aren't exactly like you want them to be. But can I tell you something? It's during those times it's going to make you what you need to be. I don't know a lot about music, but I found this story very interesting. And you probably know before I even tell you who the person was. By the age of 10, both his parents had died. He was raised by an older brother who resented him being with him because it was another mouth to feed. As an adult, his first wife died after 13 years of marriage. Of the 20 children that he did have from two different marriages, 10 of those children died in infancy. One died in his 20s and one was mentally retarded. He went blind and had a stroke. Yet, this particular per 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 person wrote much of church music. Yes, he was a Lutheran, and his name was jo Johann Sebastian Bach. You know, it's interesting that God allowed really bad things to happen to people to be able to allow some really good things to happen. You know, a person once said that God puts dark hours before the dawn, and I want to tell you this is so true. None of us like to go through a rough time in our life, but it's those rough times in our lives that make us the Christian that we need to be. Don't get, don't get bitter or upset because, you know, you didn't have a perfect life. There are no perfect lives. And can I tell you that sometimes those valleys that we go through, what makes them sweeter is that the Lord is with us through those valleys. But when we come on the other side of the valley, that's what allows the Lord to use us to be able to influence others. I was, I had a, this just here recently, a person really went through, uh, went through something. I can't explain what it is, but just went through something and, and uh, you know, went, to, went up been to bed at night, can't stop thinking about it, get up in the morning, can't stop thinking about it. And, you know, things happen to people and your heart just goes out to them like, okay, Lord, you know, help them not to give up, help them not to quit. Please help them with other people, help them, Father, Lord, just to make it through this thing. And you think to your mind, man, are they going to give up? Are they going to quit? Are they not, are they just going to throw everything away? You know, Paul was trying to tell the church of Philippi, hey, listen, you're going to go through some rough times, but those prisons that you're in should be for your betterment, not for, your, not for the worse. It should be for your good, not for the bad. And Paul says, listen, I want to tell you why I'm in prison. I'm in prison so that I can pray for you. I want you to know why I'm in prison. I'm in prison so that we can further the gospel so more people can be saved. He says, I want you to know why the reason I'm in prison is so that, that we can give boldness to others. I can influence others from this prison cell. I can give them boldness to speak confidently about God. I want to tell you why I'm in this prison, so you can pray for me. 
Now, I, it's funny, I was talking to the staff this morning, we were together, and um, I was talking to the deacons too, just about a week ago too, inside my office. And, and even though there are some of you tonight that you're going through problems, to be honest with you, the Lord has really, really, really blessed our church in so many, so many ways. I feel like that we're still getting the gospel out the way, though we can do more. I feel like the Lord has blessed us as far as our physical health. The Lord has really, kind of really put a really hedge protection around us. Um, as far as what the Lord's done, it's just, it's just amazing. All right, and it's a wonderful thing. Uh, and I told them this morning, I, I say it very carefully because I'm, I'm afraid something's gonna go haywire pretty quick. But can I tell you something? If what I call haywire is not accidents with the Lord. The Lord knows exactly what he's doing no matter what happens in our life. And it might be a prison for our church. I'm, not, I'm talking about a spiritual battle. It might, be a, it might be a prison for our church. It might be a prison for an individual in our church or a family in our church. But can I tell you something? That should cause us to be more bold. That should cause us to pray for them. You know, that, that, that should cause us, to, again, to get the gospel out more than we ever had before. All right, so tonight, you're not going through a prison and you're doing great. Financially, the Lord's blessed you. Physically, the Lord's blessed you. Spiritually, the Lord's blessed you. But I want to tell you, there, not everybody is like your situation. Because if you're not going through a prison, somebody else is going through a rough time. Make sure we pray for one another. Make sure you, make sure you ask the Lord, okay, who, who's not here? Or who, who's going through a rough time? Or who do I need to pray for? Because I want to tell you something. The, the, God's the one who allows the prisons. <laughs> Paul didn't end up in prison because he went up to the door and knocked and said, can I come in? He was arrested, preaching the gospel. And God, God knew that prison was appointed for him. So if you're an appointed a prison, then what you need to do is you need to thank God for your prison. You need to pray while you're in prison. Other people are going to pray for you. Get the gospel out, embolden people. Let God use your prison for his honor and glory. I want you to bow your head and close your eyes tonight.